Welcome to the Impact Legacy and Meaning Podcast, where we discuss the mindset, strategies, and tactics that will allow you to make the kind of impact you want on your family, your business, and your community, while creating a personal and financial legacy that will last for generations. I'm Sean Skaggs, your host. I'm a father, husband, business leader, and follower of Christ who's on a mission to help you create the impact, legacy, and meaning you want for your life. Don't forget to go to impactlegacyandmeaning.com to download your free personal assessment. And if you like the show, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and be sure to leave a review on iTunes and help spread the word. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Impact Legacy and Meaning Podcast. It has been, uh, gosh, probably about eight months since the last time I came out with one of these. Uh, The last one I did was a review of 2019, and we are now eight months into 2020, and what a year it's been. There has been a lot that's happened in the world since the last time I put out one of these podcasts. I am not going to comment on everything that's happened. Um, You know, there's a lot that's, that's happened in the world that's affected a lot of people in a lot of positive and negative ways, and uh, it's been an interesting year, to say the least. So since the last time we had this happen, um, or since the last episode came out, I guess I should say, we uh, have not actually had any uh, meetings of the uh, the mastermind group that uh, I was a part of, and, you know, a lot of that was due to COVID and the pandemic that came out. You know, this is being recorded in August of 2020 for anybody who doesn't know or is listening to this at some time later. Um, and we had a little bit of a pandemic in 2020. Actually, we had quite a bit of a pandemic in 2020. Kind of started in March. Um, you know, I went through a few months where I didn't put out any episodes and just honestly got super busy, mostly because of basketball season uh, with all my kids playing basketball. We were basically, uh, you know, watching two to four basketball games a night, every night of the week, except for Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, and so there just wasn't a lot of time to do anything else, and so that was that was my priority. So that was what I did was uh, was trying to support them, <clears throat> and then along came the pandemic. It ended our basketball season early. I had one daughter who was still uh, on uh, the high school team that was still in the state tournament at that point. Whenever they canceled everything there, they canceled school obviously, and so. With them canceling all of sports and school, that created some extra time for me, but I didn't dedicate it to the podcast. I decided at that point I had an opportunity to dedicate it to uh, a new business that I wanted to to really push and look into, something that I had just started into, which was real estate investing. And so uh, made a big push into real estate investing, and that business has kind of taken off since then. But uh, you know, this is not a real estate investing podcast either. In addition to the pandemic, we've also had a lot of social upheaval in 2020, a lot of necessary social upheaval uh, that, for the most part, I'm glad to see happening. Um, it's something that needed to happen, and hopefully we'll be able to come out of this as better people and as a better society, as being more fair and as under, just basically understanding better all the different things that we do and that our society does and that we've been trained to do that oppress other people because it happens every day, whether you believe it or not. I I know that it happens every day because, uh, you know, I get to experience that in some ways that other people don't. Not that I'm being oppressed by any means, but but to be honest with you, my kids are. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, 
we have four black children. And the truth of the matter is, I know that living where we live in Oklahoma, they're not going to have the same opportunities that I had growing up. And that's not just in Oklahoma. That's really all over North America. But I know that it's true in Oklahoma because that's where I live. And that's one of the reasons why I really got on this bandwagon of trying to create a legacy and wanting to create basically a family bank to be used later on because I wanted to make sure that my kids had opportunities not only equal to what I had but better than what I had. I wanted to make sure that nobody was going to be able to oppress them or keep them from being successful. And I wanted to make sure that they learned how to be successful uh, in even more ways than I knew how to be successful growing up. And, and I had a lot of advantages. I was very fortunate growing up. I had parents who taught me how to be successful, how to be a leader. I had a lot of people in the community, in the school that were uh, helping to shape me to be someone who could be successful. And so I was extremely fortunate in that way. And you know, most kids don't get that that kind of luck. Most kids don't get that kind of opportunity. And so because I want to make sure that my kids get an opportunity, I'm not only working on teaching them to be successful, and I don't know whether I'll be successful in that or not, uh, you know, time will only tell, but uh, I also want to make sure that they have opportunity throughout their lives, whether anyone else is willing to grant them that opportunity or not. And so you know, that's the reason I, I really got on board with trying to, you know, build some wealth that I could use to create a family bank so that later in life uh, they would have be able to come and borrow from that family bank if they had a good business opportunity, a, a way to advance themselves or an opportunity for some education that could help them. You know, I wanted them to be able to come and borrow from that family bank to be able to do that and to also at the same time learn more about basically how money works, how the economy works, how being successful works, um, how contributing to society works. Uh, I wanted them to learn about that in the process. And so it's kind of a complicated thing to set up that way, but um, I'm trying to put in the work to get that done because I, I definitely think that it'll be worth it because if I can teach them, then they can teach their kids and uh, you know it will help future generations of our family. But uh, back to the social upheaval part of it, I know a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of people around here, think that it's not necessary, uh, think that racism is over, think that this is all overblown, and the truth of the matter is they're just wrong. Um, they don't get to experience it every day, and they don't know what these people have been going through who are protesting right now who are even rioting right now. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of the rioting. Um, I'm a big believer in peaceful protest. I'm a big believer in nonviolence. That was the way of Jesus. That's the way I think that you have to go forward. I think that's, you know, a lot of people now are saying, well, you know, Martin Luther King did peaceful protest, and look where that got him. He got killed, and he did. But at the same time, that was a sacrifice that he knew was coming, and it was a sacrifice he was willing to make. And even though we lost a great leader and a great preacher who honestly preached some of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life, um, you know, that was a part of the process, and he understood that. Um, and I'm not saying that I want anyone else to, to be martyred in that way, but, uh, but we have to be willing to do that. And so that's why I wanted to put out this podcast today is because, uh, you know, I've got to be willing to speak up. 
And I'm not active on social media really at all. I was active on LinkedIn for just a little bit, but uh, to be honest with you, even that became just a distraction and something that kept me from actually living my life. And so I haven't been active on social media. I'm probably not going to be very active on social media, but uh, I didn't want to go without saying anything at all because, uh, you know, I definitely want to say right up front that I 100% support Black Lives Matter. And around here, a lot of people like to say, well, you can't say Black Lives Matter because all lives matter. And, you know, you don't really realize the silliness of that until you put it in perspective. And I heard somebody else, and I wish I could remember who it was so that I could quote them correctly, but I heard somebody else say, actually a couple of years ago, that whenever people say all lives matter, the reason it doesn't make sense is if you were a fireman and there was a fire and the house was caught on fire, basically, you don't go to that neighborhood and then spray water on all the houses in the neighborhood because all houses matter. You spray water on the house that's on fire. And this is the house that's on fire. This is the house that we have to to put out the flames, where we have to bring things up to speed, where we have to get people aware. And we have to just honestly get rid of all this fear that we have out there. Because I really think that this is so driven by fear. Um, but this is where we have to put our emphasis. And so black lives do matter. And you have to acknowledge that. You can't not acknowledge it by saying all lives matter. That's just another way of saying black lives don't matter, if you want to be honest. And you may agree with me, you may not agree with me. That's completely up to you. But I can tell you as somebody who's spent those nights awake worried about his son just simply because of the, of the color of his skin, that uh, it does need to be addressed. You know, a few years ago, especially right after um, the presidential election, whenever there was so much tension and, you know, so many people just basically decided that it was okay for them to be racist all of a sudden because, you know, if this guy who was running for the president could make all these racist comments, then surely I can make these racist comments. I can say what I really think. And I, I don't want to oppress anybody from saying what they really think. It's just sad that that's what we really think. But whenever all this was going on, um, I had I actually spent several nights up really worried because my son, who was he was actually only about 13 or 14 years old at the time, um, but he was already about 5'7 or 5'8, a big kid, and, uh, you know, looked like a man walking around. He wanted to go walk around with his friends after football games, or before football games, after school. And uh, they were walking around town, and it honestly just scared the heck out of me because I could see the scenario playing out like it has so many other times all over the country where he would be walking around with his friends, some little old lady sees him walking around town and calls the police station and says something to the effect of, hey, there's a black man walking around town. Uh, you need to find out what he's doing. Uh, he's probably got a gun. You know, because the assumption is always he's probably got a gun. And it wouldn't matter whether he had a gun or not. Obviously, he wouldn't. But it, it really doesn't matter if a police officer goes into that situation thinking, hey, there's this guy who doesn't belong here who probably has a gun. They're going to go into that situation basically ready to shoot somebody. And because there's already so much fear about people who don't look like us, about people who have a different color of skin, that, you know, there's just no doubt they would walk into that situation just charged and primed and ready to shoot somebody for fear of their own life. And so if they walk into that situation that way 
and that kid doesn't respond in the way that they want them to respond or in a way that they expect them to respond, that's how people get shot. It's happened hundreds of times, literally hundreds of times. And I could see that playing out in our small town very easily. And so it scared me. It scared me, and I spent a lot of sleepless nights. And I haven't spent near as many sleepless nights as a lot of other people have who live in other places that uh, where it's even more prevalent and who, uh, you know, who've gone through this for their entire life and not just the 10-year span while we've had our kids. And so, you know, if you haven't ever thought about that, if you haven't ever lived through that, it's really hard for you to understand it. I, I don't know that you can. Um, but it's something that you need to try and understand other people's perspectives to realize where they're actually coming from and what kind of fear they've had to live with. And then you'll realize why it's so important that we acknowledge that black lives matter, that we acknowledge that we have a problem, that we acknowledge that we need to fix this problem and that the problem is not just in what one or two or hundreds of people believe. The problem is in the systems that we have and the processes that we have in this country. And we've got to look at that and examine it. And we're going to have to make some serious changes in order to make sure that that doesn't happen anymore. And it's not going to happen overnight. This is something we're going to have to work on for decades, for maybe centuries, to ever get this really corrected. But it's got to happen. Um, and You know, I, I haven't said much about this previous to this for a, a couple of reasons. Um, one is that I didn't want to make things any harder on my kids than what they already are. I mean, they're already the one of the few handful of black kids in our school. Um, you know, and so I didn't want to make things any harder on them by me being really vocal about this, but at the same time, I want a better future for them. And so I should say something about this. And to be honest with you, I was probably being a little bit selfish too, because I was worried that it might affect me if I'm very vocal about it, you know, in our business. And I'm, I'm really not worried as much about it affecting me as I am it affecting the rest of our employees and what that means in an employee owned business. But uh, it doesn't make it right either to, to stay silent and to tolerate some of the things that get said and, and some of the things that happen in our country. And so I wanted to go ahead and say something about that today. So I hope that you'll think about that a little bit you know, as you go into your day, as you go into your week. Um, and try and look at some other people's perspectives before you start to cast judgment. I mean, even the riots that go on, I wouldn't riot. It's not, I don't think that's the right way to go, but I'm also not going to judge those people because I don't know what they've been through and I don't know how desperate they are. And I don't know, you know, what they think, what they believe it's going to take in their area to get people's attention and to try and cause change. I don't personally think that's the way to get to change, not to positive change. But like I said, I can't judge them. I've not walked in their shoes. And I hope that you'll think about that before you judge other people. I hope that you'll think about other people's perspective, what they go through, the kind of fear that they live with on a daily basis before you judge them for what they say or what they do. And I hope that you'll think about their perspective whenever you start to one, talk about it with your friends, but also whenever you just go through your day-to-day -day life and think about the things that you do that might contribute to someone else, you know, having to live in a way that you would never want to live. 
because it happens every day. We all do it in a million different ways that we don't think about. And if we don't, you know, if we've never thought about it, I'm not trying to place blame on you or trying to make anybody feel guilty, but I am trying to make you aware and trying to make you basically start to think about those things so that you can make the adjustments, so that you can make the changes, because we have the ability to change the world. You know, that's something that may sound cheesy and it may sound like pie in the sky talk, but we do. The only way the world changes is through us. We have to make the changes as people. And so if we can make all those little changes every day in our own lives, then that will allow us to make bigger changes as a group of people, as a country, as a world. And that's what we need. We need to be basically implementers of change, both in our own personal lives, in our societies, in our cultures, in our countries, and in our world. So anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. I hope that uh, you've gained some new perspective from this. You know, if, uh, if you don't like it and you want to never, never listen to the podcast again, that's great too. Uh, but I hope that uh, it provides some perspective. Thanks for listening to Impact, Legacy, and Meaning. If you found what you heard today helpful, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. That would really help me out. Also, don't forget to download your own personal assessment from impactlegacyandmeaning.com, where you can also check the show notes for any links or references from today's podcast. And remember, the only thing holding you back is you.